If you're a yoga teacher, you have likely experienced that moment where you just feel like giving up, throwing in the towel, and just completely quitting. And maybe you already have done that. And if you haven't experienced that, there's a good chance that you will. So in this episode, I'm going to share my story of those moments where I was completely back against the wall and I wanted to quit and what I did to pivot and just change the trajectory of my teaching journey. So if that sounds like something that could be encouraging and empowering for you as you take your next steps, grab a drink, grab a comfy chair and come chat with us. Welcome back to the Jesus Coffee Yoga Podcast. And if this is your first time, welcome to the show where we help you as a yoga teacher take your business further and create the business and the life that you love that supports you in the life that you want to live. So if that's you and your first time here and love what we're putting out, make sure you subscribe so you catch all of our future episodes. Well, hello, Kristen. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to Jesus Coffee Yoga, where we talk about coffee first, right? <laughs> Jesus always coffee first. Uh, what are you drinking today? Your fancy schmancy coffee. All right. So today we are bringing the snobbery level way, way down. Okay. Like Folgers so have, down? So not, oh, not that, not that low. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's emergency status. <laughs> when there, there's emergency caffeine need and that's all that's available. Or like gas station coffee, just a little, but. No, we, so we get a uh, pre-ground coffee, which is, it's kind of a sin in the snobbery world. Cause like, that's where all the freshness and flavor lives is when you grind it, like keep it as fresh as possible. But we do get a pre-ground bag of coffee for those moments where like, we don't have time. I don't have time to do a pour over or I just don't want to, or maybe I ran out of beans. So it's kind of like our backup. And so my wife made some coffee this morning and rather than wasting it i'm like i'll just drink some of that so it is it's starbucks but again the snobbery level here like starbucks is kind of like it for me that's my gas station like it if we're traveling i won't drink anything unless it's like oh i guess we'll do starbucks but they over roast (laughs) everything so that it's all just like burnt and that way when all you non-snobs are like adding all your sugary nasty stuff which by the way you should probably stop doing that it's like diabetes in a cup right there Diabetes in a cup. so that you can still taste some of the flavor. I think that they, they do that on purpose and to make it consistent across all their different branches and people or whatever. It's like, let's just burn it all the time. So it tastes the same. <laughs> you're actually not wrong. I'm sorry to all of you Starbucks drinkers listening to this, but you're actually not wrong. Like I um, used to drink all the sugary drinks and I loved them. They were delicious. But then once I started drinking more coffee, more seriously, I, I agree. Like it tastes, it all just tastes really like over roasted or something or like overcooked. And so I don't disagree. Um, you're probably going to make fun of me for what's in my cup. It's like a coffee alternative. And I, this is like my second month drinking. I drink one every day, but it's like mushroom coffee. I don't know if you guys have heard of this or not. It does not taste like coffee at all, <laughs> but there's like seven different mushrooms. There's a ton of benefits in it and I actually really like it and have noticed some benefits. And it's called like 50 grams of caffeine. So there's a little bit, a little bit of caffeine in there. But um, if you can just get over the fact that it's not coffee, which, you know, I haven't been drinking coffee anyways, but I just drink it like it's a hot supplement essentially. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I use that a little bit. Is it the Four Sigmatic one or is it a different brand? The one I have is Rise. It's like oh, R-Y-Z-E, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's several of them out there. So I do use those uh, as well. And a lot of benefits yeah. to 
mushrooms. They call it adaptogens. There's different ones that do different things, but. Well, and a lot of people put it in their coffee and I, because I don't drink coffee, I just drink it by itself. And you, I really just, I told the kids yesterday, I'm like, I really do just have adapted to the taste of it. Like it's not coffee, but it's not bad either. So uh, you kind of just get used to the, to the taste of it. Yeah. Lower your expectation. Just don't expect coffee. I think that. Don't expect coffee. Don't expect coffee, but the benefits really are great. So I'm going to keep drinking it. It's like people that are trying to come off of soda or pop or whatever you call it where you live <laughs> and you try Coke. LaCroix. If, if you drink a LaCroix thinking it's going to taste like Sprite, you are going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> oh, it's so true. But we but, now drink sparkling water all the time. Like I buy a couple packs each week and none of us drink soda on a regular basis anyway. Some of the kids will, but I'm like, it's true if you just get used to it. And, and our bodies are amazing. They can adapt to pretty much anything. I told the kids like, your body will literally just adapt to what you're eating or drinking. So it's okay if you don't like it right now. Just keep eating it. Keep drinking it. <laughs> so anyways, that's what we've got going on and on in my cup over here. Nice. Well, we should get into it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing more of your story. Of course, I've heard it multiple times, but every time I hear it, it uh, reinvigorates um, some like determination and grit and like kind of makes me emotional too sometimes just playing a, a part in that and being involved in your story and thinking through the lives that have been changed because you didn't throw in the towel because you, you kept at it and and how different things could have turned out had had you done that and if you haven't heard her story why don't you go back to episode zero which is like the very first one we put out is more about our story and kind of where we got started and, and all that um, we kind of skimmed over a lot of the details of of this part, and that's what we're going to talk about. But if you want a little bit more backstory, you can you can go to that episode. So, to to kind of get us up to this point was when you had moved to a new town, and uh, we had closed our physical studio here here in Tulsa, and you were just trying to restart start over and and build things on your own. So, kind of paint the picture of like where where were you at when this was going on? Yeah, well, and as you what you were saying earlier, of the things that have come through. Um, the not quitting or the, the intentional pivoting and things like and innovation, like you guys that are listening to this podcast right now, like CDY was born from like, what do they say? Um, restraints Constraint. call cause innovation. Is that right? Const- like restriction. Constraint. constraints, constraints, innovation is born out of constraints. And that's kind of where we were because yeah, I had, we had been teaching, we had a, a pretty thriving studio, um, I was a new yoga teacher, had never run any business other than my hair business, um, definitely hadn't worked with other leaders and team members. And we were doing really well. And God called us out of that space pretty abruptly, like within six weeks from the time that we heard this was going to happen to the time we actually lived in this new place. Um, it was really, really quick. And so we, you know, like we had mentioned in our other episode, we um, did keep the studio going as much as we could, but It was so hard not being there in the day-to-day. We made the decision, I believe, like in the summer of 2017 um, to close the doors. And then we started kind of pouring more energy into um, CDY and just kind of like what, like just, just seeing what's here, right? Like, um, and then I had to start all over. Like I'm in a new town with all new people. Like when I moved here, I knew one person, the person that helped you know, invite us here and get us here and all of that. But other than that, like I knew nobody. So once I got here, um, I don't know those of you that live in small town, like small, small town, like 
I think when we moved here, there were about six to 7,000 people. I think it's higher now, but um, I don't know if you've lived in a small town, but like everybody knows everybody and everybody knows everybody's business. And when you're not everybody and you come flying in on a unicorn into a town you've never been to, like that's exactly what people feel like. It's like, who is this person? What are they doing? What's going on? You know, like, and now that I've been here for, I guess we're right up on seven years. Is that right? Yeah. Like now that I'm here, I'm like, I get it. I understand. Like when we get new people, I understand from a different perspective. But um, so I just started teaching at a park. Um, We were involved in our church. That's what brought us here. And so I connected with some women from the church and just, you know, me being naive, me, I'm just like so excited. I'm like, because we were doing so well in Tulsa and Tulsa had a great um, community of yoga, Christian yoga teachers and students. Like it was just, everybody knew about it and like, it wasn't, it was just normal. Right. Well, it was not normal here, Christian yoga or yoga in general. And it was actually, in fact, I learned later, very looked down upon. Um, so I started gathering women. I'm like all excited. And, you know, I'm just kind of taking that same energy from the studio to here. And I've connected with a couple of people. I'm just doing yoga in a park because I don't know anywhere. We lived in a one bedroom loft, um, like cabin for the first like five or six months that we lived here. So like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything, didn't know anybody, didn't have any connections. And from kind of that summer to the fall, I was just teaching kind of just finding new people and putting my stuff out there and just being super excited um, somewhere in the fall, it like some conversations happened because of our involvement with the church and then my involvement with yoga and my business and things like that. It became a very high point of tension to the point where like, I just was like, is it even worth it? You know, cause at this point I'm teaching like one class a week. Cause that's all I have the people for. I had like six or seven people that were kind of regular. And I, I was just charging, like, I think five or seven dollars a class and just to like get people in. And I was getting so much kickback from not only, you know, some of the leadership in our church at the time, um, but the community as a whole were like, hold on, like who's this devil worshiper coming in here trying to teach people how to move and breathe. Right. And so I it just became too much with our move, with the loss of the studio, the, you know, just a lot of grief. We had even lost a, a child, a pregnancy in that time. And so like all of it just became too much. And around November of that same year, 2017, I had made the decision, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Like I am not making enough money to continue to do this as a profession. Like to bring income to my family. I had other trades that I could do. So I just kind of made the decision. I'm just going to be done with this for now. Like if we do stuff online, cool, but I'm just going to be done with this being the thing that I do. And I'll go back to working my traditional jobs that I've done before. And it was towards the end of November. I remember because it was around the holidays, um, a girl that I had connected with through church, which was interesting because she didn't even come to our church at the time. I think she had just visited, came up to me and she had taken a class when I first got here of just a a faith-based class. And what I didn't know at the time was that when she came up to me at the back, I remember I was at the back of the auditorium at church and she just gives me this big hug. And she said, are you going to be teaching any more Christian yoga classes? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Like I just told her like, I don't know. And, um, 
she then proceeds to tell me her story. She said, when I met you and, and I had, I knew who she was, but I, we didn't have like a relationship at this time. She said, when I met you, I had just lost a pregnancy. I think she was around six months pregnant and she like had delivered the baby and everything. And she said, I had come to some of those classes and they helped me so much. So I'm wondering if you are going to be doing any more. And so I like with just a sharpness that I can't, like I wouldn't normally have, I just said, here's the deal. You know a lot more people than I do. So if you can get five of your friends to come to a, I'll do a four part series, you know, next month we'll do a four part series. If you will share this information, get five of your friends to come, you can come for free. Um, that'll make it worth my time. And I will, I will offer this to you. And so I did, I, I set up this four part series. She started sharing it like on social media and just texting her friends and 36 people showed up. Like I didn't even know 36 people (laughs) at that time. Like not very well anyways, 36 people showed up because of the power of her story. And she shared how it helped her and how, um, you know, like what it did for her, the benefits in her body and her mind and her heart. But I put it in her hands and said, if you will do this, then I can meet you here. And so this was a huge light bulb moment for me. It was a moment where I completely wanted to quit. And instead, I felt like God led me to just learn what it means to pivot. And I've done this twice in my business, and I'm going to share both times with you um, what it looks like to pivot. So I knew at that time, the way that I wanted to offer classes was not just every Tuesday at seven o'clock for the rest of my life. Like, you know, I didn't want to do like the membership or the punch cards and all of that. And there's a place for that in, in your business, depending on your vision. But that for me, like, this is what it was because I want to have like this, um, what is it called? Like a call and response. So what she shared with me is what she needed. I went to God and said, what can I bring your people? Or like, she's hurting. She's going to, she's sharing her story. Obviously other people need something in this. So what is it? And so that's when I made my first series. It was a four part series that we actually have on in like our CDY shop. It's called made new. And we did it at the front of the year. It was head, heart, health, and habits. Each week, we discussed biblical truths around it. We had a playlist, you know, like kind of themed around that. And then, of course, we had a little bit of like journaling activity and things like that. But that was my very first series that I created, intentionally focused on something to meet the needs of what I felt like people were wanting. And that truly set the trajectory of my business. Um, I mean, I learned really quick, this is what works. This is what people that I'm called to reach want. Um, And I learned so much in that. And I started making money. Like I wasn't even charging a whole lot for the series. It was something really inexpensive, like $35 for for all four classes. And then if you times that by 36, like that's a pretty good chunk for somebody who was about to quit. <laughs> like it, it hasn't been, I hadn't been making money doing that. And so um that was really the onset of my business taking off after just struggling to even stay like eyeballs above water and not even just in a business sense but in a purpose sense because I was like, okay God, knowing where you, you brought me from, how did I get here? How did I get to a place where I'm like passionate and on fire about doing this work and um, like building myself as a leader and building other leaders and doing all this too. I just want to quit because it's not working. Like people hate me here because of what I do and hate's a strong word. They didn't hate me, but 
like I'm very disliked because of the work I do. Um, but it also showed me the power of an invite. It showed me the power of me not trying to do it all on my own. Like sometimes the most powerful marketing is allowing other people to take it in their hands and toss it out to their people. Um, so just the power of inviting, um, so anyways, and then of course I learned how to make a series. So those were some things that I learned through that very first like wall that I found myself against and that place where, you know, I, I really saw innovation come to life through what I was currently trying to do, which wasn't working. <laughs> There's something you said in there. I, I don't want to make everybody wait, you know, to, till the end, uh, a couple, couple things I want to point out. If you didn't catch it, when... When you're just teaching drop-ins, and I don't mean just to make you feel bad, when but if that's the only thing you're doing, you're, you're doing drop-ins and just charge a small rate. Because a lot of times when you start out, like there's a there's a place for that. There's a place for donation base. And if if it's a ministry and you don't need money or want money from this, honestly, if you can honestly say that, like no shame, like that's great. That's that's what you're called to do. This is I'm not talking to you in this moment. Most of you, I would say need or want to make some money from this if you're being really honest with yourself sometimes we're i think we are dishonest with ourselves because like we really we do want to make money but we're not supposed to want money and we kind of get a little mixed up with that and i think we need to do some some episodes on like money mindset Mm -hmm. stuff but if you're doing it that way if you're just doing donation base or charging a really low rate because you're afraid it's usually what it comes down to you're afraid of of charging more and thinking people will, will go away uh you're, you just don't, you're not going to make a whole lot of money. And, and again, in the beginning, that's okay because you're getting reps, you're getting better, you're developing your craft. But at some point, you're good enough to charge more. Like you need to start charging what you're worth. You've put in a lot of effort, a lot of time, and a lot of money to get certified and get to where you are. So just notice the dollar amount. Let's say you, even if you have 35 people show up for you know just a, a cheap drop-in or donation-based, you know, you might make hundred bucks. I don't know. You, it, it's not a, a whole lot, but 36 people times 35 is $1,260 for, and, and that's for four. So if you divide that by four, that's whatever, like that, that's a lot per session. And so we're, we're going to plug series quite a bit here because it was very powerful and it, it works. It's very effective for a multitude of reasons. And maybe we do another episode just on series to kind of talk through it, but just think of those numbers. One, you've got, uh, the next four weeks, people are going to come. And if, if they don't, they've already paid for it. So like you're earning the money, whether they flake out on you or not. But usually people are much more committed because they've invested in it and they're going to show up. Um, and also it keeps things fun and spicy. It's not just another class. It's not just another same old vinyasa. Like it's something special to make it an experience and to really to, I don't know, just do something special. So very, very powerful tools, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But something else that you had said too, that you might be on the verge of quitting because because of the financial part. You're just not making enough money for it to be worth it, and uh, you, you need to figure something else out. But you may also be fine financially. You might have put yourself in a position where the passion is gone. So you had said something about that, about just having that lack of passion and drive and like purpose. And so it might not just be the money. So there might be indicators that you're, if you're not already there, that you're headed down this path, these feelings of of apathy or like maybe the money is fine. Maybe you've been doing great, 
but you're really lacking this fulfillment and purpose, that's a good signal that something is amiss and it's time to course correct before it gets worse. Yeah, that's really good. And honestly, like just as a leader, it gave me confidence. And as a Jesus follower, it gave me confidence. So it reminded me that like God like tells us like, if you'll give it to me, I will do something with it. Right. And um, it really sharpened my own faith in that moment that that moment of connection could turn into something so awesome. And it, again, it was just the the trajectory of my whole business and career here in town um, was changed significantly from that. So it built my confidence in God. And then I also just built my confidence in myself as a leader and how to now nurture these relationships. And like you said, like, keep it fun and fresh. Like that's the beauty of getting to work for yourself. Like that's the beauty of like, that's what I loved about hair, being a hairstylist is like, it wasn't always the same, same exact haircut on the same exact person every single day. Like that would be really, really boring. (laughs) So just getting to, you know, freshen it up, you know, switch time, switch days, switch types of classes, playlists and all of that. Um, and just revive that part of your, your practice. I think that's a really good point to point out that even if it's not about the money side of things, um, pay attention to that passion. Real quick, friend, if you can think about how you found this podcast, someone probably told you about it or shared it on Instagram or Facebook or something like that. The only way this grows is through word of mouth. We don't run ads. We don't do sponsorships. Our only ask is that you continue to pay it forward and share this podcast with other yoga teachers. So if it was a review or if it was a post, if you would do that, it would mean the world to us and just might change someone else's life. Thanks. Now back to the show. So then what happened? You, you launched this series. You kind of felt this revitalization, like take us to the next stage of like, where, where did things go from there? How did it build? Yeah. So from there, um, through this one person, I got a connection with a space where I could, I was like, and I need a space. She's like, well, I've got, I can connect you. And so I started teaching out of the space, which is actually, we it's still the same sweet little space that we use for our um, YouTube and virtual studio and all of that. Um, so I, I get connected with them and I start leading. I did this series and then I started leading. I just offered a Wednesday class at nine o'clock for almost a year. That was the only thing I taught other than series. So I would do a Wednesday 9 a.m., and then I would change what days I was doing these different series. So we did um, we did our Made New series. We did an oil and yoga. We called it Joy. It was Jesus, oil, and yoga. People really love that, by the way. Like my clients and students love anything with oils. Um, we did, you know, an intro to power series. We've done a, a like a inversion and like arm balance series. So like it just got me excited about like, so now I have these people to, to pull, right. And say, Hey, like, w- what do you like? What do you want to do? What do you want to try? What, what kind of music do you like? And they just kind of helped me grow as a leader. And we kind of all just grew together, but I had that one 9am class that I was teaching. And eventually that one 9am class got so full that we decided to open up a Friday class. So I was teaching Wednesday and Friday And then I was still doing a series, but maybe spacing them out a little bit more. So instead of trying to do like one per month, it was like maybe a four or five week series, take a couple weeks off and then come back and do a spring series or a fall, whatever. And so it just gave me um, information, like an, an opportunity to connect with my students and put some staple classes on the schedule. 
So from there, I then realized, okay, these people aren't going anywhere. So let's just offer a membership. And that's when I switched to membership. So they could get, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think it was like, they could get Wednesday and Friday for $99 a month. So that's what, like eight to nine classes a month um, or my drop-ins. So that's when I went ahead and increased my rates because I looked at about, okay, now I've got a consistent crew of about 12 to 15 people. What do I need to make this worth it? So I gave them the option. So I increased my prices um, to make it what I needed it to be. So I think our drop-ins went to like $13. And then I offered monthly for $99. If they did auto draft, I gave it to them for $89. So just incentivizing that to come in every not, it was way easier for my brain <laughs> in accounting. But so we did that and we were thriving. We did that. And then I would still do series. So I would do instead of like shorter series, I was now doing like a summer series. So we had Wednesday and Friday at 9 a.m., just like usual, right? So that's your $99. Then I would offer a summer series and that was like my hot yoga series. And so that was 10 weeks. So it was through the summer and it was at night. It was Thursday night. Um, that one blew up also. Like people love them some hot yoga, apparently. I mean, Nick, you've seen that big room that we're in. I don't have an idea of how big it is, but it was like wall to wall full. Like we're talking like 50 people in there at one time for hot yoga on Thursdays. I mean, it was awesome. So now, and so what I did with my members is I offered them uh, discounts on series. Hey, if you are a member, you get the series that's $110, you get it for 75 or something. I don't remember. Again, I'm kind of using fake numbers because that was years ago. So can't quite remember exactly, but something like that. So this, we were thriving at this point. Like I had my memberships going. I had a solid, I would say probably 20 students on memberships, maybe, maybe 15 to 20 had people dropping in. I was running series. The series always gave me like that little boost. Uh, for one, it was just fun and like something different and, you know, whatever, like you said, spicier. And then COVID hit, COVID hit and we didn't go back to ground zero, but we went back to like ground one. <laughs> like, like we still had a couple like hanging on. So we, we started seeing, I mean, with obvious restrictions, we couldn't meet for a while. So we were doing online and that was okay. Like that was working for, I would say probably eight to 10 weeks. I was able to still charge memberships. I was giving them a third class for their membership fee. It was just online. And then we started, we were like, okay, well, let's meet at the park. And then eventually we got back in the studio. And by that time, I mean, a couple months into it, like my memberships dropped significantly for obvious reasons. Like people are now like not working or, you know, the world's falling apart. Um, and then I wasn't doing any series at that time. But I had, I had grown my class, my staple classes. And I had at that point, one teacher that I was raising up to, to teach with me. So she was teaching one of the classes. I think we were at like maybe five classes a week between my private classes and my public classes around probably the spring of 2022. I'm like, this isn't working. Like we're, I'm, I feel like we're kind of back at the drawing board that I'm having these same thoughts of like, I'm not necessarily paying to have classes. Like I might be breaking even, but barely. So this isn't working. And the safe option is memberships. And if you've ever done any, I mean, like that's the obvious answer. Like memberships are the safe option because they're coming in on the first of every month, right? But that wasn't working because people were canceling and people weren't coming. Even the people who were paying weren't showing up. 
So I essentially kind of went back to, to the same drawing board that I went back to in 2017 and said, okay, what worked then and how can I implement that to work now? If I'm looking at pulling the, the plug on all of it, I might as well go out doing what I would love. So I was a little more hopeful and optimistic about it this time because I had seen what God had done before and I knew that he would do it again. So I did. I pulled everything, every single thing. I pulled it and I said, here are the only times that you can I say everything other than my men's private yoga class. <laughs> they they didn't budge. Even during COVID, they were like, we can meet at the Brahms. Where do you want to meet? Like they didn't care. Like they were just like, where do you want tell us where to meet and I'll meet? Um, but I pulled the plug on every, everything and said, here's where you can take classes with me. And that's when I launched another hot yoga series. I found a new space that would allow for hot yoga because our our old one that we were at wouldn't allow for it anymore. Uh, just their systems were old and it was too hard on the system. So found a new space, got in there, started teaching, I think two hot yoga classes a week. That was it. And they, I waitlisted every single class. Like they were full. I had waitlist on all of them. I was down to teaching two times a week away from like eight to 10 times a week. And I, again, I still have my two private class mornings with my guys, but so this, I was like, okay, we're back we're back to respond instead of being in that like it's really easy to get stuck especially once you hit like membership mode it's like you kind of just get used to it it kind of just becomes normal and now i was kind of back to responding to the needs of people what people needed was a closer connected community um they needed something to get them outside of what they were used to or um maybe back in the studio like something to entice them to come back in so I went from like barely, barely hanging on <laughs> um, to, to just thriving post-pandemic. And um, so we pulled memberships and we went to series model only. So from here, I was teaching less, right? Because I'm now making more money. I'm now charging. I literally was like, this is what I'm going to teach. This is what I'm going to charge. Whoever can come, can come. And then, of course, we added a donation class for people who were like, I can't afford that. Like, great, we've got this class for you. Come and receive. Do what you do what you can, do what you need to do. Um, but because I was teaching less, I now had energy to pour into other leaders. And this was another just pivotal moment for my business. Um, it just changed the trajectory of my business because I now was taking a step back and I was launching all these other teachers. So we had we had a couple new yoga teachers come in. And then we had um, a, a lady, Jen, if you're listening to this, uh, she teaches dance and she had a, a little following that just needed some nurturing. So we brought her in. She was teaching dance classes and, and yoga. She also got yoga certified. And then we now have uh, Lacey who's teaching like a bodyweight boot camp. And so like we now are able to offer so much more because I decided to take that, like, it was scary though. Like, because I was like, it wasn't like I was like, I'm done. I quit. This isn't, you know, it was more like, this isn't working. I need to find a way to make it work. <laughs> like, and so I just snatched the cord out of the wall and said, like, I'm telling you like that first month, it was June of 2022 was the first month in all of those months before, you know, before I was getting a, a check, so to speak on the first of every month when all of my enrollments came in and my tuitions and my membership fees. I didn't get that this time. 
like it was scary not knowing, but, uh, looking back now, so that was 22 of June. So not quite two years ago, like we now are, everybody just has their rhythm. So they're teaching what they want. Uh, they're doing it in a series basis. We only do series. Like, so she teaches a five week boot camp or a four week dance fitness class or, um, three-part soul series, whatever each person wants to teach. And we're now able to not only connect with the one student in a broader spectrum, but we're able to connect with people who maybe don't want to do yoga, but they want to do boot camp. So we're able to bring in people that, that I couldn't bring in by myself. And that to me is like the ultimate flex is when my team is doing what they love and they're thriving and bringing in people that would never come to my class or that would never come otherwise, like that's the ultimate flex for me as a leader is seeing my teachers do what they love and reach and connect with other women. And man, we have, we have guys that come too, but, um, and so that was just one of those other moments that where it was like, I'm going to go left. I'm going to go right. What are we going to (laughs) do? And so I'm now on again, another season of just I mean, and maybe we'll be doing another podcast in a couple of years, Nick. And I'm like, and then in 2025, like I, but what I'm learning is I feel like this is kind of part of the process. This is kind of part of the growth process is you, you have to kind of learn when is it time to pivot? When is it time to quit? Sometimes there is a time to quit, but I feel like when it's time to quit, you just know, like, it's not like, I guess I'll quit because X, Y, and Z isn't working out. It's more like, the grace for the season is gone. So when I left the salon, that's I, I feel like God showed me that it was essentially like there's no cartilage in the knee. Like I can still walk, but it's going to be like bone on bone. The grace for the season at the salon was gone. So that's kind of, that's a whole different thing. But if quitting just because we're bored, because we're not making enough money, because we're unsure of what, you know, what our next step is, or we don't have enough people in class, you know, our purpose doesn't feel like it's moving through us. Like that's when it's time to ask the questions, like not like, should I, but how can I? And then being ready to take those scary leaps. Like it is scary. I do. I want to validate this fear, but the more, because I had already experienced it and the faithfulness of God to see me through it the first time I knew going into it this next time, like I'm just going, I'm just jumping and I'm going to trust God with the rest. And sitting here almost two years later, it, it does make me feel a little bit emotional to see how he not only rebuilt, but like increased, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't just like he restored what I had or what, you know, what I was doing before, but he increased it. And it's such a testament to, to his faithfulness and which requires faith from us <laughs> for him to be faithful in that. So I wanted to share those two stories because they do feel different. Like I had some of the same thoughts and some of the same things happening, but I, I felt different the second time around. Like, oh, I know what we're, we're going to do. Even if I don't know what if it's going to work or if this is what I actually should be doing, I know that God will be faithful regardless. And so that's what I learned through that. There's so many things I want to highlight through all of that. First, you had just said that they were similar. You experienced similar feelings and thoughts, but they were different. And one thing I want to highlight there is that sometimes we think fear, like down the road, I won't be afraid. Just right now, like I'm struggling with this thing and I'm I'm fearful, but like someday I won't be afraid and then I'll take action. No, that that's not true. 
you will fear will always pop its head back up. And we just did an episode on fear. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go listen to that because it's I think it'll be really helpful if you struggle with with any sort of fear. But and we covered some of that, some of this stuff in that. But the fear doesn't really go away, it just kind of changes. And and I think you get better at learning how to work with the fear, amidst the fear, and not using fear as an excuse to not move or to not not do things. So I think that that highlights that. And I remember that time because obviously, you know, I, you know, worked together on, on CDY and, and so we were already, you know, in, in contact, but as you were describing your situation and where, where you were thinking of going and how afraid you were of pulling the trigger because of all the reasons that, that you just described and just talking through that with you and trying to help you process it, um, ultimately you had to make that choice. You know, I couldn't make it for you. And and you did it and you did it scared. And I remember that and just being so proud of you that you just, you knew you needed to do this and you just, you did it. And uh, everything, yeah. everything where you're at and what, what you have now is, is because of that moment. And it just also kind of highlights like the power of having people to process with you and ask you hard questions and remind you. Cause when you're in it, it like fear feels like fear, whether it's 10 years ago that something happened that causes fear or it's today and like fear in my body and in my mind feel the same. Um, so to have someone remind you in those moments where it's like, Hey, but do you remember when you made this decision and these things happen? And like, just to kind of take you out of it for a second and say, but even if it doesn't work, then what? Like you, you go on and you do something. And that's, we talked a lot about that in our fear episode, but I, that's the power of having people in your corner who, who you can process with, um, who know you well enough to ask like the hard questions and to challenge you on some thoughts and some things. Um, and then also just like be a voice of reminder. I think the power of community really played for me in that because I, I remember those conversations too. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted you, you to touch on is for, for the person who's realizing this is them, it's time for a pivot. Maybe they know the pivot, maybe maybe they don't yet, but let's assume they do or they, they figured out, okay, this is where I'm going and it's time to pull the trigger. How do you communicate that as far as the timing? What do you say? What do you not say? And just like what 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 would advice would you give to that teacher? So I'll make sure I understand, like if a teacher says, okay, I, I too need to uh, remodel my, my systems essentially. Like, so I want, I would like to go to the series model and away from membership. Cause that sounds like something that might be a great next step for me. Um, so a couple things is I always lead with, with transparency and clarity when it comes to, cause I even remember sending you the email that I was sending to my students and you were like, that sounds a little passive, like be more direct. And you know, these people love you and know you, you can be direct. And so I remember saying, what we're doing is not working. Uh, the studio cannot continue the way it's going. Here's where we're here's where we're going. And so, just leading with clarity with your students and transparency and vulnerability, like like to see the human side of them, like not like, well, guys, it's just not working out. But no, hey, because of the unforeseen events that we've all gone through, um, it's causing a lot of people to have to transition and pivot. So are we. And I hope that you'll take this ride with me. I hope you'll get on this bus and go where we're going. Um, we're even being vulnerable or like transparent about like, I'm not even exactly sure where we're going, but what I know is this is what is going to happen next. And so 
giving your students a next step of, hey, I'm going to be teaching these classes now. You'll no longer be doing these things. And just letting them know. So I would say communicate with them kindly, but very directly. Like don't leave people questioning um, and concisely. Like, you know, like I remember writing out this whole long letter because I wanted to explain myself and I wanted to people to feel my passion behind what was happening. But then like there was so many things that you were, even you were like, you can take this out. Like you can explain this to them later. They either know you, love you and trust you or they don't. So like, and that's up to them if they're going to, if they're going to follow or not, but just leading with clarity, with direction, with kindness. Um, so that would be my first, like, if, if you're doing that uh, for me, that looked like sending out an email and then directly texting people to the link to that email of like, Hey, I just want to make sure you saw this in your inbox. Um, here, here are some changes that you need to know about. Um, so communication for sure. Um, what was the other part of the question? Well, I'll, I'll go there in a second. I just wanted to okay. add on one, one thing that just to add on to, to how to communicate that would be, yeah, be direct, be clear. It's okay to be authentic and transparent. And even, even if it's a financial reason, like this just, you know, financially, this just isn't working anymore. And in order to continue to offer these services and, and to, to bless you, whatever, like things need to change. And the caveat here is I want you to be really careful with the way that you word things to not be about you, because if we're honest, no one really cares. Yeah, like they true. care, but they don't, you know, like they want to know how does this affect them? So try to write from that point of view that this is not working and it's not working for them right. or else you wouldn't be having this conversation. So to say this, this isn't working and for you know, whatever reason, and here's where we're headed and here's how this benefits you. So like kind of leave that at the end of like, we're making this change, not because of me and what I want to do. I'm actually making this change so that I can better serve you. And so when you can kind of paint it in that perspective, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Even if they're a little upset, you're going to hurt feelings. Like people are, you're going to cut classes they enjoy. You're probably cutting a lot of classes no one cares about because that's part of the problem. But uh, just to paint, paint the picture of how it helps them and how it benefits them, that helps ease the blow a little bit. Yeah, I think that's good you will disappoint some people. And that's just the matter of the fact, like, and that's really hard, but, um, you're also, like you said, you're going to be well, better equipped, um, to serve them better. You know what I mean? So like, yes, you'll lose some clients and yes, you'll disappoint some people and you're going to be a better leader because of this and a better servant because of this. So it kind of just comes with it. So just prepare yourself for it. Yep. So that the follow-up question was, so how, how do you communicate that? And then just like the timing of it, like how, how long do you give them notice? Like what, what are some of like the logistics of, of when to pull the trigger? So for me, timing wise, I would say even when I was a hairstylist and I was increasing rates or changing hours, I always tried to do things on the quarter. So it gave people time to see it, get used to it, be ready for it. Like, Hey, we're moving to this system. This is where you'll book this, is you know, whatever it is. Um, but in this instant, like I just knew, I knew so strongly that, that this was the way that we're supposed to pivot, even though I didn't know all of the things to follow. Like I didn't know everything I did. I, all I knew was that it was time to make that like 180 and just be like, boom, we're going this way. Um, so for me, I always try to say, do it on the first of the next quarter. So effective April 1st or effective July 1st. And that way you have time to speak with them, you know, in classes. Um, I think you could do it in a shorter amount of time, but you definitely want to give people, I would say a solid two to four weeks 
um, to, especially for yoga, if they're coming regularly, like hair clients, I didn't see them, you know, maybe six to eight weeks. So I needed a little more time. So I would say the fir- the beginning of the month is always what's worked for me. So with this one, it was in May that I made the decision and I just ripped the bandaid off and said, effective June 1st, we will no longer have memberships. We will no longer have these experiences. And you can get plugged in over here at this different studio space. Here's the rates and prices for that. And I just did it. And they just came along and some of them didn't, (laughs) some of them didn't come along and I still haven't seen them since. Um, so I think having like, like a marker for me, the first of the month or the first of the quarter is always a good one. And that way you have time to give them time to process it and get ready for it. Cause they'll still be like, wait, I didn't hear, I didn't know. It's like, I've texted you, I've called you, I've sent it to your mail. Like they'll still not know. Like they need all the reminders. Remember, you replied to this message. <laughs> <laughs> See, you hearted it right here. <laughs> to uh, to add to that, um, I would say let the severity of your condition dictate how much time you give them. If if you're about to have a nervous breakdown and lose your mind, don't wait a quarter. Pull, I mean, do it, do it soon. Give them a couple weeks. Um, but if you know if things are just like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Like I can manage another couple months. You know, so just let the severity of, of what you're feeling dictate how, how soon to do it. Because if you're yeah. about to collapse, you're doing no one a favor by extending that longer. So don't don't draw it out if you're about to freak out. Well, and I think that that is a red flag, like you were talking about earlier, just kind of like little red flags or indicators. I think burnout is one of them. If you're feeling burnout, I don't, I in my own theology brain of myself <laughs> do not feel that, I do feel like that the work that God calls us to do does, it does require sacrifice. It does require obedience, blind obedience sometimes. Hello. Um, it does require, you know, dying to ourselves, but I don't, I truly don't believe that God will call us to sacrifice ourselves, our souls on the altar of ministry or business for our families. Like if our family is not like if like for me, work is way, way after my family. So if I, that's a red flag for me. If I'm like completely burnt out all the time, I'm not looking forward to teaching. I'm not looking forward to creating things. Um, I'm a grouch at my house. Like I'm just unfulfilled feeling like that's a, that's a red flag for me to know that I am nearing burnout. And I know this can look different for different people in different seasons, but I don't believe that God calls us to sacrifice ourselves on the altar of business or ministry. I just don't. I think that's where self-discipline comes in. Like it takes discipline. I don't know if y'all have ever tried. I'm a high producer. Nick, you're a high producer. You're way higher producer than I am. But I don't know if you've ever tried to like Sabbath fully. Like that takes more discipline than me staying up late to finish work (laughs) or not coming home when I said I was going to or like it, there is, there has to be those disciplines in place to keep us from that place of burnout. But that is a red flag that something's not working. Like something isn't, this isn't like, we're not burning out for in the name of Jesus. I just don't think that that's how it works. And I think that we have to keep our ourselves protected with those disciplines like Sabbath and rest and play and community and all of those things that are not work. One other thing that really stuck out to me as I hear you talk and, and share your story is your ability to to develop other teachers. And many of the teachers that we've talked to that are feeling kind of stuck or not really sure what to do next, a lot of times they're just, they're tired because they're teaching too much. And they're at this point where they need 
they need to make more money. So part of it is we help them raise their rates to charge like what, what they're worth. But also it might be time to have other people help share the load. And you're, you're just really gifted in this. And I think a lot of people will, well, the people that we've talked to are like, well, I don't have anyone like that. I don't have anyone who's already certified in my small town or, you know, I, whatever. I don't know anyone. You did not either. <laughs> you, you developed these people to get in there. So uh, I think honestly, this could probably be another episode. So we probably need to, to do an episode on developing other leaders in, in your practice. But if you could just give a quick rundown of like, just, just, just touch on that topic for a second. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, I believe that we have our strengths and we have our weaknesses. And I think the more aware that we are and the more that we allow the Holy Spirit to convict us in these ways, like I think that we need to be strengthening our strengths always aware of our weaknesses, but that's where I start to delegate. I look and say, these are the things I'm not strong in. Who is? Now, something on bringing in new teachers, um, my pastor, who he actually has a leadership podcast. That's incredible. I've learned so much, but he says, we don't find good leaders. We develop good leaders. And that has always stuck with me because we find people who are passionate because I cannot teach you to be passionate. It doesn't matter how good I am at anything. I cannot teach you to have this like fire inside of you, but I find people with that fire inside of them and I, I help them identify what lights that fire, what fans that flame, and then I give them a space to go. And so that for me, that has looked like getting people excited about getting you know certified in what they want to teach. Like So we've got, like I said, girls that teach yoga. We've got girls that teach boot camp. We've got girls that teach dance. Pilates. And so what do you, what is it that you love? And so getting them certified to do that. And then, um, I have, it's not like an official like mentorship program, but I do have like some steps. And again, maybe this is a great idea for a next episode, but like some steps for the training situation. Like I've, I've paid to get people certified in things and then they work it off. So like they'll teach X amount of classes and I will front the money for their training, depending on what it is that may be an option. Um, and then I also have, um, they'll get trained and certified and then they'll teach X amount of free classes, which is a gift to our students and just to get reps. And then we debrief after they teach a class, we debrief, they teach another class and then they get a series. It's a free series, three to four part series. Right. And you know, I'm paying to, to develop this person because I'm paying for the rent and my time and all of that. But I know that if I'll invest in them now, that I'll then be sitting where I'm at today and they're just thriving and feeling empowered um, with what they're doing. And so then they get their series, then they get, then eventually they get paid. Like they'll, they can do a paid series or paid classes or however that looks. And it's a little bit different for each teacher, depending on what they teach. But um, I think just remembering that like, we don't just find good leaders. We develop good leaders. I think the best leaders develop more leaders to me that, and then the second thing I think I would leave you with is relinquish control. If someone can do it 60 to 75% better than you let them, and then continue to be okay with having those follow-up conversations, right? So like when I gave my social media away, Jess, I'm sure she might be listening to this and hopefully we'll have her on the podcast someday, but uh, Jess works, she, anything you see, well, not anything, but a lot of the things you see for CDY or for my studio stuff, even some of Nick's Glacier Rock Media things, Jess's fingerprints are on that. And that started with me just needing to let go of this. I was like, hey, can you make one to two posts a week for me? Like just 
like just to help me out. And through that, she realized she got, she got really good at it. And so we worked together to kind of develop that. And, and now she gets to do that for other businesses as like, as a means of income and something she loves doing and that she can do on her own time. But it, she didn't start there. I didn't go to her because she was great at graphics. Like I went, I went to her because I was training her, you know, kind of developing her as a leader and a yoga teacher and all of that. And this was just one of those things I could give away, even though like it wasn't as good as she is today. She's phenomenal today. She was better than I could do because what I was doing was nothing. <laughs> so I had to take, you know, kind of that step back and let her learn. Um, so relinquishing control, like setting the, setting the perimeters, having lots of conversations, but relinquishing that control, I think is, would be my two thoughts for, for somebody wanting to build a team. So I, I got one thought for that and then, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, that if, if you're interested in this, this line of, of thought, there's a book that's amazing called Buy Back Your Time by Dan, Dan Martell. And I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes if you want to pick that up. But it's, it's, it's a phenomenal book and it's helped me in a lot of ways because I am that struggling perfectionist that it's hard to let go of things. Um, and what, what he says in, in the book is 80% done. So like you were saying, he, he kind of uses that 80% mark of like, if someone can do it 80% as good as you, 80% done by someone else is 100% freaking awesome. <laughs> so yeah. do that. And, and some of that stuff is like, it's good enough, let it go. And sometimes that means you you t- you do the next 20%. So like in my video business, I've got a guy helping me w- with some things and there's some of it that he gets it to that 80 and I take it to the 100. And then there's some of it that like the 80 is good enough to go and it, it just goes. And it's honestly, it's up to me to develop him to get you know, to get that that percentage up. But Check out that yeah. book. It's it's super helpful if you're looking to build a team, even if it's just a team of two. <laughs> like that is still a team, and it's amazing what can happen when you when you buy back a little bit more of your your time. Yeah, let us know in the comments if you guys want us to do an episode on building teams because that is something that I get a lot of questions about. Like, how did you find this person? I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't just find a good, awesome yoga teacher and awesome marketing strategist. <laughs> we worked together to develop. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope that this was helpful for some of you guys that are kind of finding yourself in that situation or for when you do find yourself in that situation. And I think we should as leaders. Um, I hope you feel encouraged. Uh, I hope you feel empowered to take your next steps. As always, we love hearing from you guys. Make sure that you are uh, letting your friends know about this podcast by sharing it. Subscribe. We've got some good stuff coming down the pipeline. Nick, do you have anything else to say before we get out of here? Yeah, I just want to say we. You, she touched on series, and I think we probably should do an episode on on series to go a little bit more in depth on like why and all all the benefits that come with that. But if if you're sold on it already, you're like, I need to do series. We actually have a workshop that you can buy that teaches you exactly how to do it, how to plan them, how to come up with it, how to pack it out, and just how to how to do them successfully. So if that's something you're interested in, go to christiansdoyoga.com forward slash series, and it's going to take you to the page where you can find out more info about that. And because you're a podcast listener, I want to give you a discount. So put in the code JCY and it'll give you a discount off the, the full price. Thank you so much for tuning in with us and we will catch you on the next one.